0: Oh, here we are it's recording we're not really sure how long the recording's going to last. Andrea thinks that maybe an hour, so we're we all right for an hour. <laughs> welcome for the benefit of those who are here to Ponte Elim and also to those who may be listening to this uh, after the event and those who can't be with us in person here in the building. Uh, welcome to ponte Elim. Uh, we are thinking and praying for Pastor Arlette and her family, and particularly Johnny. who I don't know what time the kind of event is, but uh, it's a good, I think it's about six plus hours that he'll take to do the Ironman. So uh, he is uh, in Barcelona in, we think, about 26 degrees heat. So um, that's exciting. I'm glad it's a bit cooler here. And. For those of you who don't know, I'm David, I'm a chaplain, and I love being here as part of this family. And yes, Andrea, the songs that you have picked are absolutely spot on uh, with what I feel God is saying to us today. And uh, that's always encouraging to the preacher, uh, because uh, the same as those who are picking the songs, kind of thinking, how does this fit with the message, it's always An encouragement to the preacher when he hears the right message to bring uh, to us today. And I'm preaching to all of us, to me, particularly me, because I know me and you know you and you know how vulnerable. And yes, we are children of God, but sometimes we feel like little children, don't we? We feel like um, we don't know what to do and we feel lost. And here's the amazing thing, and we we all need to know this, that we are children of God. That's wonderful and amazing. And if you don't know that you're loved today, uh, may you know that God loves you passionately. But there's something more wonderful about being a child of God, is that we are a child of God. And I want to underline and emphasize that we are children of the Most High, the Creator of the Universe, the King of Kings. The Lord of Lords. And the first couple of songs, the first three songs that we sung were about praising God. And I want us to do that today together uh, to praise God. So if you've got a Bible with you and you want to turn anywhere, um, then you can pick all of it if you want any of it, because it's all good. Uh, but we're going to be looking at 2 Chronicles and chapter 20. 2 Chronicles chapter 20. And so if you do have your Bible, it's quite a hard place to find, so I'll leave you some time just to find it. Uh, 2 Chronicles, chapter 20. Um, It's not just people in the congregation who struggle uh, with this, because when I sit in the congregation and somebody says, what book to find? I'm forever thinking, now where does that fit in God's Word? And particularly in the Old Testament. Because there's loads of books and some of them are really small and you've got to kind of find them. And so 2 Chronicles chapter 20. And so it begins this way. After this, the Moabites and Ammonites came to wage war against Jehoshaphat. Jehoshaphat is the king of Judah. And some people came and told Jehoshaphat a vast army is coming against you from Edom, from the other side of the Dead Sea, and it is already in Hazazon Tamar, that is in Engedi. A vast army is coming against you. Now, I wonder how you would feel in this situation. I wonder what it feels when battles begin to rise up in your life. I wonder what you feel when anxiety begins to get hold of you and you realise that you don't know what to do. And I've had loads of time during the last few years really battling with anxiety and always feeling as though a vast army is coming against me, coming against us. And it feels as though it it gets closer and closer and then your heart begins to race and you really are struggling and wondering what to do. And Jehoshaphat, He feels this because the next verse, in verse 3, it says he was alarmed. He was alarmed. He was on high alert. He was feeling anxious. But then, unlike me, because um, I'm a human being, and even though I stand up here and am able to give God's word and preach, and, and give you encouragement. When those things come against me, I do what sometimes we do in our weakness. We don't go to God straight away. But Jehoshaphat went straight to God. He went straight there, and consequently, as we're going to see in this story, everything worked out just fine. The vast army that was coming didn't come to anything because Jehoshaphat went straight to God he resolved it says in verse 3 to inquire of the Lord and then proclaimed a fast for all Judah and i'm bringing this message to us and to me today because i'm realizing more and more that when i don't do that i get myself into self into all kinds of trouble And the vast army just gets bigger and bigger and everything, my alarm just rises in me and and I don't know what to do more and more. And so I want to learn with you today that the first thing we do when problems come is to go and ask God what we should do. And it says the people of Judah came together to seek help from the Lord. So not only now is the king coming, but all of the people in Judah are coming to seek help from God. And we need, imagine what would happen if we as a church begin to realize that if we want to see God move and help us in the challenges that lie ahead, because I don't know if you've noticed. But all the news right now is bad news. Everything seems to be getting worse. It feels as though the, the, it's closing in on us. That the armies are getting closer and closer and they're already here. And, and we're just hearing that more and more. And God knows. And so they came together to seek help from the Lord. They came from every town in Judah to seek him. Jehoshaphat stood up in the assembly of Judah and Jerusalem at the temple of the Lord in the front of the new courtyard and he said, Lord, the God of our ancestors. We sang, same God. Same God, God, the God of Jacob, the God of Mary, the God of Moses, the God of all these great people. And um, we know, don't we? Um, In Wales we talk about the great revival of 1904 and all the amazing things that have happened in the past. Uh, But here's the thing, all of that is history Uh, and we want God for now, for today and he's the same God. Um, As I go through this message and particularly at this point I just want you to begin to feel the spirit rising within us and encouraging us and saying I am the same God today. The God of your ancestors, the ones who um, came to me. I am the same God. Are you not the God who is in heaven? The one that rules over all the kingdoms of the nations? The one who has power and might are in your hand and no one can withstand you. Are you getting the picture? We might be children, but we are children of God, the Most High. The one who is above every other name. And then uh, he goes on and Jehoshaphat begins to say how God, uh, did you not drive out the inhabitants of this land? And uh, he he kind of keeps going. And so I want to skip through some of uh, this uh, text. Um, and he tells God um, all about what's happening right now. And then this last bit of verse 12 says our God will you not judge them the people that are coming against us for we have no power no power to face this vast army that is attacking us we do not know what to do how many people have felt like that we do not know what to do. What do we do when our bills keep rising? What do we do when the poorest people are in trouble? What do we do when everybody in our world is walking away from God? What do we do? We do not know what to do. And then it says, but. It's a a good word to remember. But. You can become overwhelmed when you don't know what to do. We do not know what to do. But our eyes are on you. And we can go home now, really, because that's the message in a nutshell. That one verse captures everything that we would need to know today. We do not know what to do. But our eyes are on you. God Almighty. The same God. God of Jacob. God of Moses. God of Mary. The God who delivered people in the past. Our eyes are on you. You see, what I've been doing in my struggles is I've been looking at the problems. And I still am. I'm not here, I'm not here preaching to you because I'm reformed in the way that I'm doing things. Right now, I am focusing on the problems. And that just makes it worse because the more I look at the problem, the more I say I don't know what to do. I just don't know what to do. But my eyes, our eyes, are on you. And here's the wonderful thing that happens when our eyes are on God and not the problem. Is that God becomes bigger and our problems become smaller. You see, because even when David faced the giant... He knew that he had someone on his side who was bigger than the giant. God. Because I don't know whether you know this, God is big and powerful and able to do anything and everything. Hallelujah. Can we say that today? Can we say praise God today for who he is? And so all the men of Judah And their wives and their children and their little ones. I love that. I love the little details in the Bible. The little ones were there. All of them. They stood there before the Lord. And and today, before we leave this place, we're going to stand before God. All of us. From the biggest to the smallest. uh, All of us, we're going to stand before God. And suddenly, the Spirit of the Lord came on one particular person in uh, the uh, the crowd that was gathered. And, and we know today, friends, that the Spirit of God doesn't work in that way anymore. He doesn't just settle on individuals, although he can do in meetings like this. Like Andrea said, you might have a word, you might feel something in your spirit, and that's the Spirit of the Lord rising up. And I would encourage you not to crush that down, not to push that down, but to let it come out. So if you feel God and the spirit moving in you, you you don't look around and say, what will other people say? But you get up and you say, this is what God is saying. Because it could be the word that somebody needs to hear, that we as a church need to hear. And So when God's spirit moves, we respond to the spirit. And so this guy, he he stands up. Um, The spirit of God comes on him. And he said, listen, King Jehoshaphat and all who live in Judah and Jerusalem, this is what the Lord says to you. I, I was saying that it d- doesn't just happen this way um, because the Spirit of God is all, on all of us. In the book of Acts, it said the Spirit of God was poured out on all people so that it doesn't disqualify anyone. So we were kind of pulling people out today and we were saying, what about if so-and-so was called up to say a word? Well, if God moves in your spirit, and you're here, then you get up and respond to that, because God can speak through all of us. This is what the Lord says to you, to us. Do not be afraid. Oh, that's so hard sometimes, isn't it? You know, the other day I was broken down in the car. Pray for our dear car. It's kind of struggling. It's you know just pray because <laughs> i need a car to get to work it's a big problem but god knows yes, I know. but i was on the motorway and i'd broken down on the motorway and cars were going past and and i was trying to get somewhere and obviously i'm broken down and i'm stressed and anxious it's really difficult not to be afraid in that circumstance and in that situation But that's the first thing that God says to you when anxiety comes, when problems arise, when you look around and you don't know what to do. The first thing that God says is, do not be afraid. Hallelujah. We praise you, God, today. Because in you, perfect love drives out fear. And we know, God, that you are on our side and you are for us and not against us. And today we say, I will not be afraid. And then it says, do not be discouraged. Because sometimes what happens is that we can build ourselves up and we can say, I'm not afraid, I'm all right. I'm not afraid, I can face this. But then over time, when the problem doesn't go away, we get discouraged and despondent. Because we say, by now, on the way in the car, we were listening to the song that talks about going round the walls of Jericho. And it says, I thought by now these walls would have fallen down, but I'm still walking round them. And the same problems seem to exist. And so you can be discouraged. And God says through this man who stands up because the spirit of the Lord is upon him. And he says do not be afraid or discouraged. Why shouldn't we, first of all, what should we not be afraid or discouraged about? Because of the vast army, the circumstances, the problems, whatever it is we face. Do not be afraid or discouraged because of them. That's because sometimes, again, we focus on the problem. For the battle is not yours, but God's. The battle is not yours, but God's. Sometimes, when we read a verse like that, we say, okay then, I don't have to do anything. I can just sit back and let God do everything. and It's not quite how it works. It doesn't quite mean that. But it does mean that we don't be afraid or, and we're not discouraged. Because we know that the battle is not ours. It's God's. And when does the battle become God's? The moment we come to him. And the moment we inquire of him, the moment that we say to God, I don't know what to do, but my eyes are on you. My eyes are on you. So then he gives instructions about what should happen, what they should do tomorrow to march down. And uh, it tells them what they will be doing as well. And that you don't have to fight this battle, but you can take up your positions and stand firm and you will see the deliverance that the Lord will give you. It reminds them again not to be afraid and discouraged, to go out to face them tomorrow. (laughs) Sometimes we need to just go out and face tomorrow, don't we? And it says, and the Lord will be with you. And then verse 18 says, Jehoshaphat bowed down. With his face to the ground. Um, The picture behind me. Is of someone doing just that. They fell down in worship. Before the Lord. And then verse 19. Some Levites from the Kohathites. And Kohorites. They stood up. And praised The Lord, with a very loud voice. And did you know that there are seven different words, at least seven different words, in the Hebrew language for the word praise? And in this passage, we're going to read about four of them. And the other three are kind of included in them a little bit. Uh, with some of the things that are brought out. But we're going to focus on four of them. And this first word that says praise the Lord is the word that perhaps we are most familiar with. We say hallelujah, which means praise the Lord. In this context, it's just the first bit, hallelujah. And that means to praise You see, in our English language, we don't quite capture the fact that the Hebrews have all these different words for what it is to praise and how you might praise. And the word "hallel," hallelu, has this idea of crazy praise. It's the same word that's used when King David dances before the Lord. It's an unabandoned kind of praise, one that is just... Yeah, the best word is crazy praise. And suddenly, uh, these uh, Levites, they begin to be captured by this uh, unabandoned praise. They want to just get up and praise God. Maybe today, when we stand before the Lord, that'll be something that comes upon you today. Or maybe not on today, but maybe in the future. Because God wants to release all of these things in our lives. So, Hallel. Early in the morning, they left for the desert of Tekoa. As they sat out, Jehoshaphat stood and said, Listen to me, Judah and people of Jerusalem. Have faith in the Lord your God and you will be upheld. Have faith in his prophets and you will be successful And after consulting the people, Jehoshaphat appointed men to sing to the Lord and to praise him for the splendor of his holiness. And as they went out at the head of the army, they began to say, Give thanks to the Lord, for his love endures forever. Bear with me one moment, I've just got to check that I get the right word for this context so the first one was halal. This second word that says to sing to the Lord and to praise him is yada yADAH. and it means to lift your hands. It's about the hand yad in Hebrew is hand. And so sometimes it is to like throw things. It's whatever you do with your hands. Paul always reminds me that when I first came into the church, I would have my hands in my pockets. And he would laugh at me. He still laughs at me. Not because of my jokes being good, but he just likes to laugh at me. But I would praise God with my hands in my pockets. Why? Because the spirit of Yada hadn't come upon me. But sometimes when we praise God, that spirit comes over you that you just need to raise your hands. Sometimes that's accompanied with words and singing. Sometimes we say things, but sometimes we just feel like that place where we just raise our hands. We just raise our hands. It's a form of surrender. The form of God, I can't do anything, but we know that you can. And so we raise our hands. Hallel, Yada. Verse 22, as they began to sing and praise, the Lord set ambushes against the men of Ammon and Moab. This word praise is tahilia. This word um, has the idea uh, of a song of praise. And normally, uh, a new song. See, it's really wonderful, isn't it, when we um, sing old songs and songs that we've sung today, uh, but sometimes uh, Tahilia will grip us and we'll have a, a new song of praise. I encourage you today to be aware that you might have a new song in you. When you focus on God and not your problems, new songs rise up because you find new ways of declaring the wonders of God, who what he is and what he can do. That that song says, this is how I fight my battles. Because I feel surrounded, but I realize I'm surrounded by you, God. And so I sing to the Lord a, a new song. Uh, it was when they began to sing in this way, in, in praise to God, that suddenly um, the, the men that were coming against them began to turn on each other. And they were ambushing one another And and they were defeated because of the praise of the people. And finally, in verse 26, it says, On the fourth day, this is after the battle, they assembled in the valley of Baraka, where they praised the Lord. And Barak is to kneel down. To kneel. That's a form of praise. Come before God and we kneel before Him. So halal, crazy, exuberant praise. Yada extending the hands in praise. Tahila, a song of praise, and Barak. To kneel in praise. And all of these things are praise to God, the God who is so big, the God who is above everything else, the God who becomes so much bigger and our problems become so much smaller. And so I'm wrapping up this message today. But before I finish, I want to read you something. And as I read you this piece, I want something to begin to stir within you. And then when we play whatever song we're going to play, because I leave that up to Andrea, I want us to practice praising the Lord today. See, this could be the most exciting part of this message this could be the most exciting part of our service today because we don't want people God loves to work through people but we want the presence of God we want him we want to know that when we say I don't know what to do we don't know what to do but our eyes God are on you and when we look to God when we see him then all of these things begin to rise up in us and we respond to God in praise today. And so I don't want you just to sing songs today. I don't want you to go through the motions of this is the way you've always done it. I want us to be aware today that the Spirit of God might be here in this place. And He might be causing you to, to rise up today and respond in one of these four ways. Or it might be some in a, in a different way. Whatever it is, don't leave this place without responding to that. And so I'm going to read you um, some words that will get you excited about the bigness of God today. Do we know what song we're playing, Andrea? Lovely, wonderful. So Malcolm, it, uh, this is a little bit, uh, I'm going to read through this. And when I get to a certain part, if you would like to um, start the song, because then we'll kind of go into it uh, off the back of of this. So I want everyone to say this. We'll break it down, just the first part, and then I, I will read the rest of it. And so this is what we need to say together. And we'll say this a couple of times. Our names for you, O Lord, have been too few. Can we do that together? Our names for you, O Lord, have been too few. For seldom have we considered how specific is the exercising of your authority extending as it does into the myriad particulars of creation. For there is no quarter over which you are not king. And as creation hurtles toward its liberation and redemption, the full implications of your deep lordship are yet to be revealed in countless Facets unconsidered. Christ, you are the snow king. You are the maker of all weathers. You are the king of sunlight and the king of storms. You are the king of grey skies and the king of rain. You are the sun king, the hurricane king. You are the king of autumn and the king of spring. And altogether, our names for you, O Lord, have been too few. The old and impotent gods that our ancestors once believed in were at their best, but imperfect pictures of you whose strength and goodness and creative majesty and wonderful mystery and love exceed those old rumours as sunlight exceeds the tiny dimness of the stars reflected in a dark and wavering pool. The fairy tales crafted by our old cultures hinted at you, though they knew it or not, Yet their perfect princes and blessed ends were yearnings for all that has found fulfillment in you. You are the Lord of the harvest. The grain king, the wine king, the god of plenty, the god of hearth and home. You are the hill king, the wildflower king. You are the king of the great bears, the king of the canyons. You are the monarch of meadows. Are you getting excited yet about this king? The lord of the lava fields, the ruler of the desert wastes, the polar king, the rainbow king, the king of the southern cross and the king of the northern lights. You are the king of the rabbits and the lord of the tall trees. You are the god of youth and the god of age. thought somebody may have said amen there for both youth and age. <laughs> you are the acorn king. Now then I think uh, my family went to collect acorns the other day. And I read that they collected 146 acorns. The little children (laughs) collecting the acorns. Oh God, we just pause just for a moment as we allow these words to wash over us today. Are you getting the fact that King is the King of creation? He is the Lord of Lords. He is the God of everywhere. No problem is too big for him. Because he is bigger than all that. And today we commit those people, our family members, who collected 146 acorns. Oh, the goodness of God. You are the acorn king, the river god, the swamp king. The king of glades, king of dells. You are ruler of all hummingbirds. You are the horse lord, the crag king, the lord of the bees, the king of the walruses. You are commander of rhinos. You are lord of the lightning bugs. You are the cave lord and the mountain king. You are the ruler of the grassy plains, the god of the valleys. Hallelujah. In in Wales, we say amen, amen. today. Pontypris. The gateway to the valleys. We say God is the God of the valleys. Amen. You are the captain of the clouds. You are the wolf king. The king of the cockatoos. Oh, I wish that um, Natalie was here today. Because she has cockatoos. You'll have to tell her, Andrea, that God is the God of the cockatoo. And altogether, our names for you, O Lord, have been too few. For your claim over creation is vast. You are the Lord of Antarctica, the King of California, the King of the Scottish Hills and the King of the Nile. You are the weaver of the unseen fabrics of the world. You are the Lord of the atoms, the ruler of electrons, the Lord of gravity and the King of quarks. Your dominion enfolds the earth and rises beyond it to the furthest extremes of the stars. You are the lord of the vast empty spaces. You are the king of the constellations. You are the black hole king, the lord of novas exploding, lord of speeding light, the high king of galaxies, the king of Orion, the king of the moon. And still, even still... Our names for you, O Lord, have been too few. You are the God of justice, the God of wisdom. You are the God of mercy, the God of redemption. You are the Lord of love, and all of this is true. But our names for you, O Lord, are still too few. For our minds are too small to conceive of them all, let alone to contain them. For you were created before all things, you created all things, and in you all things are held together. There is no corner of creation you will fail to redeem, for you are Lord of lords and King of kings. O Jesus Christ, our King of everything. Now, after hearing that, get to your feet today and stand before the Lord and praise him. And praise him. God, fill this place. with your spirit. We are not alone right now. You are here with us. We don't know what to do, but our eyes are on you, God, right now. We know the words now for how to praise you. So lead us by your spirit in this place so that we might praise you and magnify your name today. And so it begins this way. After this, the Moabites and Ammonites came to wage war against Jehoshaphat. Jehoshaphat is the king of Judah. And some people came and told Jehoshaphat, a vast army is coming against you from Edom, from the other side of the Dead Sea, and it is already in Hazazon Tamar, that is in Engedi. A vast army is coming against you. Now, I wonder how you would feel in this situation. I wonder what it feels when battles begin to rise up in your life. I wonder what you feel when anxiety begins to get hold of you and you realise that you don't know what to do. And I've had loads of time during the last few years really battling with anxiety and always feeling as though a vast army is coming against me. Coming against us. And it feels as though it it gets closer and closer and then your heart begins to race and you really are struggling and wondering what to do. And Jehoshaphat, he feels this because the next verse in verse 3, it says he was alarmed. He was alarmed. He was on high alert. He was feeling anxious. But then unlike me, because um, I'm a human being, and even though I stand up here and am able to give God's word and preach and, and give you encouragement, when those things come against me, I do what sometimes we do in our weakness, we don't go to God straight away. But Jehoshaphat went straight to God. He went straight there, and consequently, as we're going to see in this story, everything Worked out just fine. The vast army that was coming didn't come to anything because Jehoshaphat went straight to God. He resolved, it says in verse 3, to inquire of the Lord and then proclaimed a fast for all Judah. And I'm bringing this message to us and to me today because I'm realising more and more that when I don't do that, I get myself into... into all kinds of trouble and the vast army just gets bigger and bigger and everything my alarm just rises in me and and I don't know what to do more and more and so I want to learn with you today that the first thing we do when problems come is to go and ask God what we should do and it says the people of Judah came together to seek help from the Lord. So not only now is the king coming, but all of the people in Judah are coming to seek help from God. And we need, imagine what would happen if we as a church begin to realize that if we want to see God move and help us in the challenges that lie ahead, because I don't know if you've noticed. But all the news right now is bad news. Everything seems to be getting worse. It feels as though the, the, it's closing in on us. That the armies are getting closer and closer and they're already here. And, and we're just hearing that more and more. And God knows. And so they came together to seek help from the Lord. They came from every town in Judah to seek him. Jehoshaphat stood up in the assembly of Judah and Jerusalem at the temple of the Lord in the front of the new courtyard and he said, Lord, the God of our ancestors. We sang, same God. Same God, God, the God of Jacob, the God of Mary, the God of Moses, the God of all these great people. And um, we know, don't we? Um, In Wales we talk about the great revival of 1904 and all the amazing things that have happened in the past. Uh, But here's the thing, all of that is history Uh, and we want God for now, for today and he's the same God. Um, As I go through this message and particularly at this point I just want you to begin to feel the spirit rising within us and encouraging us and saying I am the same God today. The God of your ancestors. The ones who um, came to me. I am the same God. Are you not the God who is in heaven? The one that rules over all the kingdoms of the nations. The one who has power and might are in your hand. And no one can withstand you. Are you getting the picture? We might be children, but we are children of God. The Most High. The one who is above every other name. And then uh, he goes on and Jehoshaphat begins to say how God, uh, did you not drive out the inhabitants of this land? And uh, he he kind of keeps going. And so I want to skip through some of uh, this uh, text. Um, And he tells God um, all about what's happening right now. And then this last bit of verse 12. Says our God. Will you not judge them. The people that are coming against us. For we have no power. No power. To face this vast army. That is attacking us. We do not know. What to do. How many people have felt like that. We. Do not know what to do. What do we do when our bills keep rising? What do we do when the poorest people are in trouble? What do we do when everybody in our world is walking away from God? What do we do?